Hi everyone, it's Sam Vokes at Wickham Wanderers and you're listening to the Wickham Wanderers Show. Welcome to the latest edition of the Wickham Wanderers Show with myself and Bob. Do you remember when we used to count the number of uh, Wickham Wanderers shows we'd got to in the season? I, I'm, I'm sure that ever since we've started those uh, special little little voiceover things, whenever we play them, then the player scores. Oh, have you noticed? Because Sam Vokes, of course, scored on Saturday. Yeah. So I think we should maybe get the whole team to record them <laughs> and play them a lot. As a sort of a good luck thing. Indeed, yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, so if you want to put a bet on Sam Vokes scoring uh, against Gillingham, not that I'm <laughs> condoning betting or anything. <laughs> no, but, but but it might it might financially benefit you. Yeah, yes, indeed. Or uh, the station, you know, because we haven't got much money, really. <laughs> Or it may not as well. We should do that disclaimer. Yeah, like, we should indeed. Like yes, yes, if you yes. enter after a certain time, you may still be charged. Betting amounts can go up and down, or whatever they say, <laughs> with regards to, to financial things. On the show this week, we'll be looking back to uh, the fantastic comeback victory against Morecambe. Woo! I know it's not a panto. And also, <laughs> and also, we'll be reflecting. Oh, this will be interesting. And we'll be reflecting on our uh, Papa John's trophy exit. Boo! <laughs> it is like a panto. And we'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth. Hooray! It felt like we were on like a terrace there, wasn't it? Was it just, just, just you though. Yeah, uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> you know when they say there's only one that's, person singing. That's, that's how it slightly was at Stadium MK, to be honest. <laughs> oh, uh, more on that to come. Indeed. It's, let's start with Saturday. Indeed. Uh, very wet. Yes. Uh, but Two very down, exciting. And we were all thinking, oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as you and, would. And, and also because Gareth had made so much about Morecambe being our bogey team, even though you, when you then looked back at the results, you thought, well, we haven't done too badly against them. It was like, oh, well, you know, yeah, self, self-fulfilling self prophecy, Gareth. Uh, but then, all of a sudden... The half-time team the talk. The half-time team something. talk, yeah. And I, I, I always think that as well, is that you, you're quite often waiting, aren't you, to get to half-time sometimes if it's a bad performance. And you know that actually, surely, the team can't perform as badly in the second half. Um, and, you know, and sure enough, it was one of those magical Adams Park um, afternoons. I mean, how many how many four threes is it that we've now had in the past few seasons? This was certainly the third, or if not the fourth. And you just can't sort of see them or feel them coming either, can you? I think that's what's quite nice about them in a way as well. Yes. You, you get to sort of, as you say, you get to two 0 down. You thought, oh, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Just just in that really. Oh. Perhaps uh, not as a player. Perhaps as a player, you think, oh, this is a great challenge to come back from. Yeah, yeah. And I well, and I think that's the thing though with the team now, and I think that's why we're in such a good position at the moment because I, this team doesn't know when they're beaten. Um, and you know, and I know that we've said that about. Our teams sort of like down down the years, but this team really does have the talent, I think, to to actually be able to think. Well, okay, two nil down, forty five minutes to go against Morecambe, we've still got a chance. Whereas I think once upon a time we might have thought, you know, when we were in League Two and possibly hadn't got the the players, we might have thought, oh, okay. And then to come back like that, though, to, to even even to be three three, yeah, I guess yeah. at a point, you think. yeah, I, I, you know, the fact that we went three two up, then really, yeah, you should see the game out from there. Tapasoli obviously scoring after seventy three minutes, uh, Morecambe then equalising after eighty minutes, and you possibly then slightly thinking, oh well, you know, yeah, that's, that's you know, point is, is fair to both teams, um, and then Curtis Thompson scoring in the big games. <laughs> As he does. Absolutely. 90 minutes plus two. Um, and just, you know, uh, limbs everywhere, I think, is the, <laughs> is, is the phrase, isn't it? Yes. Well, apparently. Yes. We should provide yeah. a glossary for, for yeah. older people. Not that I was on the terrace, but I can imagine that it was limbs everywhere. <laughs> no, I think there were there were certainly those. Uh, but also, it's... it's re- <laughs> I'm not sure, not sure if Rob Lesperance was actually at the game, but if he was, I wouldn't imagine that his tea was very, very safe. No, he was certainly outside for the... Yes, for the he was. Up. Yeah, yeah, yes. We'll be outside again on Saturday as well. Come and say hello. It's rare to have two home games on the bounce. It is, it? yes. Um, and of course, the surprise this week as well, it, you know, just, just the fact that the Gillingham game will be going ahead, even though we've got enough international call-ups. But again, I think that's a really good sign, isn't it? The no, fact absolutely. that we're actually saying, yeah, OK, we're going to play this game, even though we've got international call-ups. The, the, the confidence is obviously throwing, flowing even through the side. Uh, and we could go top on, on Saturday. Uh, this is very exciting. Top. It is. Quite a shock to see Sunderland lose 4-0 to Portsmouth. Yeah, they? yes, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're each other's bogey team in some way, aren't they? You know, when they, whenever they play, you can just imagine them sitting around both saying, we've got to get out of this division. You know, we, we should be in the Premier League, really, shouldn't we? I felt sorry for these Sunderland fans who clearly had to make quite a long journey back. Yeah, I mean, that, that is one of the, the longer journeys. Um, but at the same time, I don't feel too sorry for them because definitely when we went up there, there was very much a feeling of we shouldn't be playing little teams like Wickham. No. And you think, well, goodness me, you've been in the league one longer than we have now. Yeah, you tell them. Yeah. Let's tell them. Any Black Cats fans 
who probably aren't listening to this. Uh, but uh, a very good result, a very good comeback, and a fantastic three points, which, which keeps us in the hunt, as they say. It does. Which at this stage of the season is pretty good. That's all you need. And Gareth spoke to uh, Matt after the game. Half-time, there's a few choice words, but nothing crazy. I'm not losing my rag anymore. I had a good chat with Andrew Howard before the game, and I think we, we, we both talked about how we've developed as a club and how, how we now see things more. Um, so it was about keeping composure at half-time. We were poor first half, you know, a couple of bad decisions ended in goals. And also I thought that the boys, maybe the pitch has come out, the weather, the touch wasn't there, you know, and, and, and the basics weren't there. And formation didn't work. So me, yeah, totally. So the change at half-time was a formation change. It was uh, enabling to get more players on the ball. But I said to them, get your touch right, get your passes right, because that's your fundamentals. That's what we live off as footballers. They did. They scored four goals. I mean, <laughs> what a finish, you know, in front of the terrace end there. They get some entertainment there, don't we? We should put the prices up in that terrace, I think. For Don't give Rob any ideas. <laughs> because they get unbelievable entertainment, you know. I'm only joking. They, uh, they, pay a good, they pay a good price to be here and there. And I love them being here, you know. And, and games like that, get down here. Get supporting the boys. The Morecambe fans, I have to give them credit. They were superb. And the Morecambe team, you know. They deserved their 2-0 lead at half-time. We were poor. And they took advantage of that. But second half, I'm proud to say the boys responded. They gave me what I asked for, but also they gave more for each other. That's what this team does, you know. People use team spirit in a real throwaway term sometimes. Oh, we got good team spirit. There's something more here. It really is, you know. And I, and I know people will be looking at it going, oh, don't be silly, you're just saying that. It is. It really is, you know. And you see the substitutes at the end there running on the pitch and Daryl Horgan's face, who's come off and probably disappointed to come off. But the celebration he had at the end, you know, that, it's just, um, just a special place, you know. And again, you know, historic game. I'm really, really pleased with Don Morgan because they always do us here, and uh, and they've scuppered our chances over the years. But like I say, I'm a Northwest boy, and I understand that that's going to be a long trip home. But they did themselves proud today. I'm just glad we managed to come away with the win. How do you cultivate that though? Because we remember Carlisle and Swindon and Scunthorpe <laughs> and Southend, but half your squad don't remember that. But the same traits are still there. There's something ingrained in Wickham Wanderers at the moment. Isn't yeah, there? you've got Joe Jacobs and Matt Bloomfield, Curtis Thompson, Dominic Gape. You know they, they've been in these games. You know Curtis only scores in these games. I think so. It's ingrained. They, the feeling around that dressing room is that we always have a chance. We always have a chance. I told the boys I believed in them at halftime. I believed they could win it three-two. I got that wrong as well, but. Um, so proud and so pleased that um, what we've done and what we've worked on and what we've got at the moment you know Rob and Pete have backed me to the hilt to get this this deep squad it's paying dividends because uh, from the bench today I thought they were they were excellent as well as the, the ones who started it was uh, it's a real team squad performance and then you look up in the stand and all the development boys are on their feet special place uh, special times uh, and I'm really hoping it's a special season it does sound like, on one hand, you've got, oh, we're a much bigger squad now. And on one hand, on the other hand, it's like, oh, we haven't got that big a squad at the moment. Yeah, and I think we saw that on Tuesday night when actually uh, quite a few first-teamers uh, were, were in the, well, it's certainly in the squad for the MK Dons game. Because I think uh, I saw in Gareth's post-match comments that, um, well, obviously we'll reflect on that game in a sec, but uh, he was saying that, uh, you know, a number of the development uh, defenders certainly were injured, so he had to draft in a few yes, of the Yes, yeah, yeah, because the defence felt, mm. felt quite, you know, uh, quite solid, <laughs> uh, even though we lost 2-1. Um, but again, you know, it's it's good to see the the fact that actually we're now talking about Wickham having a squad mm. rather than in the old days where it used to seem like Wickham had a team and, you know, and a couple of extras a bit like you might do if you were playing Sunday League football. And really interesting to hear the manager saying he doesn't go in at half-time and rant and rave really about players. Really isn't it? I, you, you know, I find that fascinating and I find that actually for the players as well, that must be really reassuring that they know that even if they put in a bad performance, yes, he's he's going to speak to them, I would imagine, fairly harshly, but fairly rationally mm. as well. And you can imagine some managers going in there and, you know, the, the infamous hairdryer treatments or, you know, throwing things around or whatever. Uh, and clearly, you know, that, that doesn't happen at Wickham. And I think that, again, must make the players play with confidence because they know that actually they're, they're not going to be scared, put it that way. And really acknowledging as well that, that a formation change was required. Yes, yeah. And he always does that as well, doesn't he? He does say, well, ultimately, it's down to him. Uh, and again, for as a player, that must be really, really reassuring to hear, uh, rather than actually the manager coming out and saying, "Well, you know, I've done my best, 
And great credit to the players as well that if your manager says to you at half time, right, the second half we're doing something a bit different, we're going to play in a different way, that they can adapt to that as well. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. they work on it, I'm sure. It's yeah, a- oh, definitely. But but the fact that he was able to do that, and credit to the players, uh, that they were able to then carry out his instructions basically to the letter uh, and end up with the three points. Because certainly at half time, you would have been thinking, well, if we get a point out of this, we'll be doing well. You certainly probably wouldn't have imagined that we were going to get three. No. Three points in the bank. Indeed. And well done to Gareth McCleary, uh, Player of the Month. Yes. So. Yeah. Much deserved. Winning that competition. <laughs> <laughs> it's an in-joke. It's I an knew, in-joke. knew that would make you laugh. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, moving on to Tuesday night and uh, a trip in the Papa John's Trophy, which if, if, if Wickham had won, would we still be in the competition? Yes. Oh. Um... Yes, we would. Because it's a strange we're, we're group now, stage we're, thing. So we're with because MK Dons and Aston Villa have now won both of their games, and yes. Aston Burton have lost both of ours. We're both now out. So we've got an exciting dead rubber to come <laughs> against Burton next month, uh, which I'm sure will break attendance records, probably in the wrong way at Adams Park. Um, but yes, had we won, we still would have had a chance of getting through. Um, so you went to Stadium I did. MK. It's a funny old place, Stadium MK. Um, for a start, some teams, clubs, you know, have pictures of players around the stadium outside. MK Dons have pictures of Marco Pierre White. Oh, does he do their catering? I assume that there is some connection there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't assume that it's a completely random thing. They're clearly well fed if that's the case. You do sort of... Well, we randomly. have Will the Chef, it's, though. It's a bit strange here. <laughs> <laughs> and also, on the concourse, they have carpet. Oh. Which, again, I've never seen at any other football ground. You know, obviously, if you go and you're in, like, the really posh bit, you know, then yes, in football grounds they have carpet, but not for like generally the supporters. They don't normally have carpets on the concourse. They do at MK Dons. Oh, strange, interesting, strange behind, place in front of the scenes news there. Indeed, yes. Perhaps Pete Winkleman likes a good carpet. I think he probably does. Yeah, or maybe they, you know, somebody came along selling them cheap. Yes, that's. Probably- um, but yeah, yes, and, and obviously slightly strange being in quite a big stadium for a Papa John's trophy game. Uh, they made all of the MK Dons fans sort of like sit together, sort of like a few blocks down from us. Uh, and then strangely, we were on the corner as well, which I don't really like, particularly when no. there aren't many of us. It would have been nice if they put us behind the goal. Uh, but they didn't. So, so we were over one of the corner flags. But the nice thing was, in the second half, every time JJ came over to take a corner, uh, you know how normally uh, maybe the person coming over and taking a corner would get a round of applause mm. the first time that he did it. Uh, well, JJ came over every corner he took, uh, but he basically got almost a standing ovation, which was, which was lovely. We, we just kept that going throughout the whole of the second half. I think that should be quite appropriate if you oh, score from corners. Yeah, well, indeed, yeah. <laughs> and came, again, it looked like he came close a couple of times, uh, more in the first half. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I definitely think that he does practice those. Because the first half, a bit quiet, I guess, especially um, from a Wickham uh, point yeah, of view. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was it was OK. So, uh, funnily enough, they, they both scored almost an identical goal uh, in, in the first half. So, MK Dons going ahead after four minutes. Uh, we then equalised after eight minutes with a, a carbon copy of the MK Dons goal uh, where the ball, ball came across the, the, the goal mouth and was, was put in. Uh, Brandon Hanlon scoring our goal. Um, he's doing quite well, isn't he? He's doing rather well, isn't he? Indeed. Um, it was quite an entertaining game, actually. I, I, I quite enjoyed it. Um, but annoyingly, we then conceded from a set piece in the second half, which I'm sure Gareth was very cross about. Actually, let's hear what he had to say. Disappointed to be out of the cup, but um, pleased with the performance. thought second half, uh, we did really well. Uh, set piece, you know, I've, I've really uh, disappointed with the boys. We conceded a set piece because... They deserve more out of the game, but you've got to defend your set plays. And I think they only have four penalty box entries for us second half. And I think with double figures in the 20s uh, entering their penalty box, just again, final ball, final shot on target. We need to just nail that. But as I say, I don't think Adam Prisbeck had a save to make apart from that one, you know, in the, in the second half. And But their keeper as well, you know, we need to we need to test the keeper more. Um, but we had some young youngsters out there, you know. Kind of Parsons again on his second game for us, and I thought he did really well. And uh, and Anis again as a young boy, Ali Pendlebury and TJ Dubai, you know, all, all, all featuring, and Adam Prisbeck. So you know, a, a real good spattering of our development squad players, you know. Um, and nice, no injuries. Uh, got to rest one or two, which is good. Uh, and learnt a lot about our players, MK Dons, and. Um, Looking forward to, like I said, the home game against MK, but that's uh, that's way off my thoughts now. It's uh, it's Gillingham Saturday now, which is the uh, is the priority. Um, I'm uh, really pleased with with what I've seen and quite a few players tonight. A few Wickham fans had their eyebrows raised when they saw Joe Jacobson starting and Jordan the Beater as well. Mm-hmm. They played the whole game. Uh, what was the thinking there? 
Uh, well, we've got no other players who can play defence. <laughs> so uh, I've got Ryan Tafazoli and Anthony Stewart, but I think their eyebrows would have been raised if those two have started as well. So um, with Chris Farino and, and, and Max Ram and Jack Wakeley, uh, Andre Burley and James Clark, and within the development squad, all defenders, all out at the moment. Um, so that's uh, obviously forced my hand to play some of the uh, some of the players who played Saturday. But again, you know, JJ is going to end up a legend of this club. You know, the amount he's played for us, and uh, and he was he was fine to lead the team out. Jack and Jason McCarthy and, and Jordan Obiti, you know, all the Jays actually, yeah, four fullbacks by trade, uh, and I thought they did really well. Um, just uh, like I say, defending that set piece, but not well, learnt plenty. Enjoying what we're doing. Uh, but Gillingham on Saturday now is my main focus. I want that game, uh, wanted that one on. Um, we've obviously got a couple of players around international duty, but um, I think we've got a depth that we've never had before. A real strong depth, and, uh, and I think it's showing week in, week out in the league now. It'll be a tough game against Gillingham, but with the fixtures <coughs> that are off, if we can win, they'll put themselves in the top two. That must be a real carrot for you. Uh, of course, you know, but it's really early days. Um, it's uh, it's a long season, Phil, you know, and, and consistency is key. Um, I don't want anyone getting carried away with anything at the moment. You know, we've just got to keep this squad ticking, keep the uh, keep the fitness levels high, um, and get more minutes into these boys who aren't playing. Um, uh, I'm really pleased with where we are right at the moment. Like I say, uh, the backing's brilliant from upstairs um, and the backing from downstairs, my players, they're, they're backing what I'm asking. They're doing it, they're loving it and uh, yeah, Wickham's looking okay at the moment. We have a downpour here at Stadium MK tonight. Are you looking for a dry Saturday? <laughs> Whatever, you know. The leather jacket's waterproof, so it's uh, it's pretty cool. Um, no, I'm, I, you know, th this time of year, uh, the weather does come into play, you know. I think you saw at Sunderland, uh, sorry, Portsmouth Sunderland Saturday, um, those conditions do come up, you know, and and, uh, and that was an absolute deluge. We've been down at Portsmouth on a, on a famous occasion when it got called off, and that pitch there towards the end looked horrendous. But you've got those conditions to cope with, you know, and uh, and it's going to be about the teams who don't just turn up on the pretty summer football pitches. But you've got this uh, this three or four months now of this slug of winter that um, you know it's, it, it often does tell tell season and uh, and so we're going to be uh, ready for that we've got players who can scrap and fight but we've also added some real quality to our players as well so um yeah i've got um selection headaches but nice ones and uh, like i say come the other side of christmas i think you start looking at how the table's shaping what you want to do um well, like i say my only focus now is uh is gillingham coming to adams park on saturday and we're going to work hard on what we can do against Gillingham, how we want to play, um, and uh, and hopefully we can get a good result. Phil Catchpole asking out of the questions there. It's a strange balancing no. act, isn't it? Because you, you, you see sort of pundits and lesser people say, saying things like, oh, the league's our bread and butter. But you, and you just think, well, yes, but it's nice to have a, a cup run as well. Indeed. Other other leagues are our pizzas. Uh, no <laughs> pizza for us. Uh, no, I think this season, though, it's definitely true, isn't oh, yes. it? And particularly thinking of some of the things that Pete Kuhig in particularly said in the lead mm. up to the Manchester City game yes. uh, I don't think that the Papa John's trophy is particularly was particularly high on our, our list this season the fact that we were having to play some of the first teamers in, in the team because obviously some of the, the development squad B team whatever you want to call Sam Grace's boys I think it's the way that we're, uh, Gareth is now <laughs> referring to them they were injured uh, but yeah I, I don't think the club will be too disappointed that we, we're not going to be at Wembley in the Papa John's Trophy this but as well I think we've already got these these really nice cup stories of twice winning on penalties and obviously getting to play Man City as well yeah that's true yeah you know when you look at the League Cup that was good we've got the FA Cup coming up soon uh, be nice if we could maybe draw a couple of small teams and then a nice, nice big team in the third round or something That's that's what I'd go for that's quite uh, remember not, you had that here not MK Don's away Bob's, again please it's going, to, it's going to be that now isn't it but please not MK Don's away <laughs> again you know we've seen enough of them oh well, indeed and also and it's just a faff to get to isn't it yes you either have to go all the way down on the round on the M25 and then back up again or you have to go all the way through Aylesbury and then you're only halfway there and you've got to continue on those little roads and I don't want to suggest it but it might be even colder as well uh, that's true yes uh, so it was quite chilly on, on Tuesday night. <laughs> yes, you needed your battery-operated trousers. I did, yeah, and I didn't have my battery-operated trousers. 
Very, very annoying. Do get in touch with Bob if, you're, if you want any more battery-operated oh, trousers yeah, okay, information. Yeah, yeah, a bit like Pete Winkleman sells the carpets, <laughs> I sell the battery-operated trousers. I'm on commission. <laughs> I'm sure you've got some sort of deal going with the club shop as well. Uh, well, they haven't done the battery-operated trousers in Wickham Colours yet. Uh, you can get dog leads still. What about soft if closing? If your dog hasn't got a Wickham Wanderers dog lead, then get down to the club what shop. What about soft closing loose seats? Have you looked into that yet? Uh, I haven't looked into that, no. No, um, but I must, because that was a complete revelation last week when you revealed that you had two soft-closing loose seats, and I didn't even know what they were. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, I thoroughly recommend listening to last week, so it'll make <laughs> how, more sense. How have I got to the age of 47 and not know uh, about <laughs> soft-closing loose seats? <laughs> it's just something you have to live with. Um, <laughs> it's becoming a little little um, goal of mine now on the programme to try and corpse call in every, every couple of minutes. <laughs> if you have tuned in and not heard this show before, <laughs> soft closing loose seats is not something you probably expect to be to be brought up, so to speak. But uh, yes, if you listen to last week's show, that was... That Surely was they go down. That's really the idea of them. <laughs> Still to come on the show, we'll be hearing from Dominic Gate. We'll get Gareth Thoughts ahead of the game against Gilliam. And we will also hear from Wickham's head of media, Matt Cecil. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Hi, this is TJ DeWalt, Wickham Wanderers. Our next home game is right around the corner. Make sure you head down to Adams Park for an afternoon of fun, food and football. Tickets are available from tickets.wwfc.com. Still to come on this week's Wickham Wanderers show, we will be hearing from manager Gareth Ainsworth once again ahead of Saturday's game against Gillingham. We'll also hear from head of media Matt Cecil. Something has been banned from Adams Park today. Uh, If you haven't been aware of the news, uh, then stay tuned because Matt will be revealing all. And speaking of Matt Cecil, earlier on today, uh, he had a chat with Dominic Gape. I thought it was lovely of the uh, management staff to ease you back in against Man City as well for your first game back. Uh, what kind of experience was that for you? Yeah, um, to be fair, I was I was buzzing with that. Um, although it wasn't quite the result we wanted, we had, the, we had our moment to go 1-0 where we could dream and believe and think could this be this would be so Wickham but then at the same time looking back on this generation of footballers when we're a bit older I can say now I've picked my wits I've played against the best in the world I mean probably the same as you I sat and watched Sterling be England's best player in the summer and a couple months later to play against him it's just a brilliant experience and I think all the boys share that and it was it was just mind-blowing to see the levels and what the best looks like. So, yeah, it was great. It must have been extra special as well, making that first appearance and kind of putting those, those injury problems behind because it has been such a stop-start time for you, hasn't it? But just getting across the white line must have, must have felt like a real achievement. Yeah, yeah, it's been tricky. Um, but, again, I'm here now, so this is where I'm at. Um, it's nice to, to get some minutes on the pitch, to get through them, um, play play some more minutes in uh, Papa John's Tuesday again it's just nice like I'm enjoying being out there I'm enjoying training I'm enjoying all the novelties and yeah it's it's touch wood like things that stay I stay fit and healthy and you know can crack on now while you've been absent from the team, the, the, the side of obviously enjoyed such a good start to the season. I know you've been at, at some of the games and, and watching from home from some of them, but what's been your take on, on the side start to the season? Yeah, um, same as every year since I've been here, really. Every, each year we seem to find more, we seem to go up a notch, we seem to, the standards and the levels, and that's everywhere from at the training ground to to sort of, the way the boys are, how professional we are, the, the standard of player in the door, um, the training levels have been up to notch this year, we've made some great signings and I think that's sort of after the experience of last year and, and learning and doing all that learning in the championship, although it wasn't pleasant at times, I, you can see now we've we've fully benefited from that and you know we've had a great start, we know what we want to achieve this year and you know, we've we've had a had a good start to hopefully help push us to our to our goals. You're now one of the longest serving players at the squad, which seems crazy to say, but <laughs> I think it was evident on Saturday the win against Morecambe that no matter what players come and go here, there is a culture, isn't there, that when the team goes down and it's having a, a bit of a struggle in the first half, it will bounce back, and, and that was evident, wasn't it, on Saturday that new signings come in but still play the Wickham way. Yeah, of course. There's something about there's something about Wickham that. No score is out of reach. Uh, 2-0 at half-time 
shouldn't even be batted, <laughs> batted an eyelid at now. Um, but yeah, they're phenomenal. And I think it's the team spirit, the character. You know, no one loses their heads. Everyone knows we've got the quality. We can, we can still, can still win the game. And the belief that the gaffer and Dobbo and the staff show in the players, and then the players to go out there and do it for each other. And you know, it's it's a really special dressing room. And like moments like that keep happening because of the special dressing room. Uh, we said earlier it's been a bit of a stop-start time for you and, and just when you play a game something else happens and you end up in a medical room or a hospital you've been okay. in hospital for uh, different reasons this uh, in recent times tell us uh, yeah um, news. me and my partner Maggie have had uh, our first our first baby together yeah we've got a, a newborn daughter called Mia so yeah um, as well as a good start on the pitch a good start off the pitch for me as well I'm, I'm, I'm delighted yeah yeah how was, how was the first week of fatherhood been yeah, it's been it's been good. I'm fascinated. <laughs> Catch myself staring, um, but yeah, it's all going well. Mum and baby are doing well, so yeah, it's exciting times. Uh, was the birth better or not quite as good as scoring at Chesterfield? You shouldn't have to think about that, Dominic. <laughs> <sighs> Obviously, the birth was better, yeah. but the Chesterfield one is, is special as well. So. Two unbelievable moments, but yeah, I think I think last Wednesday was better. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was a boy. Would you've called him Scott? Um, probably not, <laughs> just because I think Scott would have been a nightmare as a kid. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Scott is Scott is messaging me lots. Actually, he's desperate to come down and visit. I suppose you've had a lot of practice babysitting Scott Cashgate for a few years, so being a new father must be quite straightforward after putting uh, that in. Being a father's way easier than <laughs> looking after Scotty. <laughs> so he is coming down in a couple of weeks with crew, obviously, and, and this home form, I feel like we're getting into serious mode again now, talking about football, but yeah. um, the home form has been so key, hasn't it, for the side so far, Jill and them on Saturday, crew next up, and, and I guess the team are confident going into every game they're playing now. Yeah, definitely. Um, the fans are amazing at Adams Park. Um, see more and more coming in now and there's a real good atmosphere that the boys are putting on the show and it's good to watch as entertainment um, must be one of the best season tickets in the league in terms of entertainment um, I know the Kuigs are spending a lot and putting a lot into making the experience on match day as best as possible and if the boys can keep performing and we can keep winning games at home then then yeah, it's, it's going to become a real fortress and, and hopefully it can stay like that all season. Matt Cecil there speaking to Dominic Gate. We're going to ask Matt now to change hats uh, from interviewer to interviewee. I spoke to Matt earlier on today about the news that broke this afternoon uh, about a certain thing that's being banned at Wickham Wanderers. And we also talked about their attempts to get as many people to the game against Gillingham as possible. I put it to Matt that the first thing uh, that the club really should be highlighting is don't leave early. Oh, yeah, tell me about it. It's um, It was so Wickham, I think, is the saying that everyone has kind of started to adopt that we become used to these sorts of games. And in fact, just this week on the on the website, we dug out 10 games in the last four years that have been high scoring with late drama. And you think usually you're lucky to see one every few years. And we've been blessed here at Adams Park. And there's just something about this place, this team and this manager that um, just creates you know, the most intense drama and excitement right down to the final whistle. And Saturday, which is another perfect example, and you're right, I know people like to beat the traffic and get away before the end, but you know, really, if you're going to pay for the ticket, you should uh, get full value from it and, and watch all 98 minutes or whatever they might well, be. Well, and completely, I, I, never you know, I never understand it, to be honest, Matt, because you know, you wouldn't go to Cineworld or the Empire Cinema to see the new James Bond film and think, oh, with 10 minutes to go, actually, I want to beat the traffic. I don't want to find out what happens at the end. And so even if it's the most boring nil-nil draw, still stay until the end because, uh, as you say, it's so Wickham anyway that actually we might do something wonderful that people will be talking about for years. Yeah. Exactly that. And, I, you know, to be honest, I think there maybe have been Wickham teams down the years where you'd think they could play until Wednesday and not score. But this Wickham side, and I think especially with the atmosphere that the fans generate, and, and I think you can really sense already the difference between this year and last season where, you know, maybe there was one occasion last year, that Bristol City game where we had this late drama and the Akinfenwa penalty. But without the fans there sort of sucking the ball in and generating that noise and that atmosphere... You know, it was maybe tougher for the boys to to create that kind of late drama. So, uh, you know, certainly here um, with this team and the spirit that exists, 
And you know, no matter what players come and go, you know, that culture still seems to remain. So it was, it was brilliant to watch, brilliant to be part of. And uh, you know, the dust is only just about settling before we. Uh, you know, open the gates again and, and welcome fans back in this Saturday. Yeah, uh, and I know that there there have been a couple of changes then. Uh, you've uh, said today on uh, social media and also on the official site as well um, that actually a new rule is coming in with regards to uh, musical instruments. Yeah, it's, it's a hot talking point. You know, every time we open the social media channels, you know, we're, we're very aware here of what's going on with the fans and, and there's a lot of consultation that takes place um, privately as well as publicly and, and the trust has had a lot of involvement in it and you know we've we've also got a chief financial officer in Pete Kuwick who doesn't just stay in the boardroom for his three-course meal but you know he walks around every part of the stadium every match day he speaks to people he sees things firsthand and just a lot of things have come across as you know the last few weeks that there's been uh, some growing tensions particularly in the terrace you know some people are really for the drum and they want everybody to get behind it and and make loads of noise, and, and they'd have 20 drums in there if they could. And for some people, the drum and the noise that comes with it is uh, you know, it's just too too loud, too much, and it, and it, and it riles some people up. So, um, you know, those those kind of conflicts have just started to raise a few tensions, and and the club have just had to take on board some feedback and think now's the time to take the sting out of those situations, and just ask those fans not to bring their instruments for a bit, you know, to put their energies instead into into singing and to clapping and to making as much positive noise as they can behind the team. Um, and we just hope that after, you know, a short period, hopefully, of, uh, of no instruments, as we say, the sting will be taken out of the situation. And uh, I, th- I think it's very impressive it. how, how you're going about this. And, and you know, the, it, it doesn't sound draconian or anything like that. And clearly a lot of thought has gone into it. I completely appreciate that there'll be some people listening to this and possibly fans further afield who, who will have absolutely no idea what we're talking about whatsoever and will think that that's slightly bizarre. Um, and I, I have said on this programme previously as well that I, I think, what, you know, it's almost a good thing we're, we're talking about somebody who drums because there are other clubs, um, the the, the Macclesfields of this world and the berries of this world who've got far more greater things to worry about the fact that we're actually at Wickham uh you know one of the hot topics on social media at the minute is the drummer that that's in some ways that is a really really good thing uh but I can completely understand the the point of view that the club are taking and I know that for some people yes they really really want as much atmosphere to be created as possible I think that's what we all want but I think there are other people as well who would say the trouble actually with the 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 drumming is that it's pretty much incessant for 90 minutes and it means that other fans can't actually generate chants and atmospheres themselves yeah I think you know we've actually just today had an hour-long meeting with the, the, the fan in question and his energy and his positivity is absolutely not in question. You know, such a passionate supporter of the football club. Um, so, you know, there's, there's kind of been no disciplinary lines crossed. There were a couple of fans ejected at the weekend. Um, you know, not him himself, people around him who are actually maybe against his actions and, and, and didn't want the drum to be quite so vociferous. But look, our, our priorities here are the health and safety and the enjoyment of everyone that comes through the gates. And, and also encouraging more fans to come through the gates. And we have seen a drop-off in ticket sales uh, at each home game so far. You know, we were down to just 250, I think it was, that bought tickets on top of the season tickets in the terrace on Saturday. You know, then this is a side that has won all four home games so far with great drama. We need the crowds to start picking up. Um, and we need to change things and remove barriers that might be stopping people from coming. And if that is issues on the terrace and, and the tensions that are just starting to boil over, then hopefully taking this thing out of that will encourage more people to come along and rally together you know, towards one common goal of getting behind the team rather than creating these fractions of those who love the drum and those who don't like the drum. So, you know, it's, you're right. It, it's, it's, it's nice to be having a conversation about atmosphere and the, you know, the, the experience and, and everybody's going to have different opinions on you know, what they want from their match day. Some want to be on the terrace making loads of noise. Some want to be sat up in the Frank Adams with the best view. Um, you know, match days need to deliver something for everyone, and we're very conscious of that. And we just hope that those that come on Saturday have a wonderful time, get behind the team, see our fifth win, and that might well leave us top of the table if we win and Plymouth don't. I think so. Uh, you know, plenty of positivity around the club, and uh, as I say, we've, we've met with uh, the lad who, who plays on the drum today, and you know, we've explained the rationale and told him, you know, this, this isn't a permanent step. It's uh, it's just being taken to 
alleviate some problems in the short term and hope that it fixes them in the longer term. Yeah, well, I really appreciate the fact that you've taken time to come on and explain it all to us as well. Uh, And I completely echo everything that you've said. I hope everybody turns up on Saturday. Let's all get behind the team. Uh, And if we can end Saturday by being top of League One, then how wonderful that will be. Yeah, it's just, you know, the the expectations are different this year to two years ago, I think. Uh, I think we're actually tracking better than we were a couple of years ago when you know, the Cougs had just come in and, and invested this money into a side that really was gearing up for a relegation battle and ended up winning promotion. And I think you know, Wickham Wanderers as a club may have sailed under the radar a little bit in terms of you know, the national spotlight and, and they're kind of expected to be at the top now um, because of the year in the championship. You know, we know it's a tough league. We are adhering to the cliche of it being one game at a time and, and we know that Gillingham are going to be a, a tough side with you know, the manager and the, the calibre of players they've got. But there's just something about the club with the momentum at the moment. You know, we as, as a club are, are so excited to watch this team, to support this team going forward throughout the season, get as many fans through the gate as possible and, and, and really expand on it. And I have to say, the addition of the Wickham Sound uh, live broadcast from the car park has really helped with the experience as well. I think it's great hearing it boomed across the, uh, the car park and, and, and having you guys as part of the match day experience has been a real boost for us as well. So I think all of these things tied together you know, working as closely as we can with the community is uh, is great, and it, it's such an exciting time to be part of the club. Oh, completely, yeah, and we absolutely love being there on a Saturday. We're very grateful that, that you have us there. We love playing and being part of the the rock and roll football uh, mentality at the club, uh, and long may it continue. No, that's great. Thanks very much, Bob. And uh, we'll see you Saturday. You will indeed. Still to come on the Wickham Wanderers show tonight, we will be hearing from Gareth Ainsworth ahead of the game against Gillingham on Saturday. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. Still to come on tonight's Wickham Wanderers show, we'll hear the thoughts of Gareth Ainsworth ahead of Saturday's game against Gillingham. Wickham Wanderers women beat the exotic-sounding London Benfica FC 3-0 in the FA Cup second qualifying round at the weekend. The chairgirls' goals all came in the first half and were scored by Kiana Fryer, Emma Kern and Felicity West. And keeper Amy Whale also saved a second-half penalty. Afterwards, coach Dave Ward gave his thoughts along with Emma and Amy. Always nice to keep a clean sheet and to get a win especially in the FA Cup um, really good performance from the girls particularly in the first half second half I thought, thought we looked very comfortable um, they didn't really cause us an awful lot of problems and you know on another day perhaps we should have extended the lead and uh, you know t- taken a few more opportunities but overall got to be pleased with that and uh, it's progress to the next round and Emma congratulations on your goal today how did it feel? Well, it's the FA Cup, isn't it? Everyone loves to score in the FA Cup. It's a great competition to be in. Um, I think the, the effort from the girls today was fantastic. We all stuck together. We all worked hard, put in our tackles, played brilliant football, so all, all smiles. And Amy, congratulations on your many saves today. What was going through your mind during that, during that penalty? Well, obviously I was worried because I wanted to keep the clean sheet for the team and after a great performance of the girls, but I just knew that I had to save it, so... Yeah. from Wickham High School asking the questions. The chair girls will be away to Hearn Bay in the third qualifying round. That game will take place at 2pm on the 24th of October. And Wickham Wanderers women are back in league action this Sunday when they are away to Woodley United who, of course, Gareth Ainsworth plays for their men's side. Talking of Gareth, I spoke to him earlier on today and couldn't resist taking him back, first of all, to the game against Morecambe at the weekend. Very much I remembered the words that he'd said last season, that actually we would have done so much better in the Championship if fans had been allowed in just the way that, particularly in the second half of games, the fans in the Valley Terrace are so good at sucking in the goals. And that's exactly what happened in the 4-3 victory over Morecambe. Yeah, definitely. You know, the scenes at the end there were fantastic, weren't they? And uh, you could feel uh, in that second half against Morecambe that, you know, I mean, first half we did well. We reviewed the game and honestly, the first half we were okay. Um, Obviously, two sloppy goals to concede and that compounds everything and makes things worse. And, you know, one or two uh, mutters of, uh, you know, at half time from the fans. But uh, I expect that, you know, with the standards we've set and, and believe me, I had a few mutters in the dressing room. But second half, Honestly, Bob, it was it was just it was that that South End game, that that uh, MK Dons game. You know, all the games we've had in in front of the fans where those last minute winners have uh, have been crucial. And, and 
I've had so many down that end, Craig McCall Smith. I remember going out of Paris, Bale with his uh, with his, his heroics, you know, and, and Swindon and, and Peterborough. So that one again, I mean, teams wait three or four years for these games. We get we seem to have two a season. It's ridiculous, but uh, I'm so glad the fans were back in to see that one and to see them all celebrating and to see the footage from the other cameras uh, during the week. Um, somehow I've managed to try and put it in with my left foot and I got shown that the other day on the touchline and I never ever kicked a ball with my left foot so I don't know what's going on there but um, thank you so much fans you really helped that day and, uh, and, and it shows how much we do need you you know like I said last year I think they, they would have contributed four or five six points um, and that would have made the difference in the championship um, unfortunately the pandemic paid to that but um, we've got them back now and we aim to uh, we aim to be giving them plenty to cheer about every home game, including Saturday against Gillingham. I definitely think that you could have a couple of advertising slogans out of that game now. Uh, one, we're going to win 4-3. Uh, and the other, <laughs> don't leave early. <laughs> don't leave early. If people are leaving Wickham early now, after all the years, after the 10 years that we've had, and the goals that go in are 94, 95, I think we had 102 or 103 once against uh, Exeter quite a while ago with a penalty from Paul Hayes. You know? So it was, it is the place for entertainment is the place to stay and stick around and we're trying to make it where if you do stick around you've got somewhere to go after you've got you, you mates to have a beer with you've got the football to watch afterwards so stick around um, and watch the boys you know because they're giving everything believe me and uh, and like I say four goals brilliant to score four Dobbo actually said to me he said we're going to hit four one day and I, I, I didn't realise the opposition were going to hit three on that same day and that, that, <laughs> that's made it um, a close one but um we have got goals in us. We've got firepower in us, and I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what we can do against uh, against Gillingham on Saturday, which will be a very tough game because uh, they fight like you wouldn't believe under Steve Evans. Uh, with regards to two goals in us, let's just take you back to Tuesday night first of all. Uh, and Brandon Hannon, yeah. who, who's 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 doing fantastically well. Yeah, I mean, I'm really pleased with Brandon. The way he's, uh, I spotted him as a as a as a young under 23 player at Charlton. Long, long time ago, there was him, uh, a boy called Adi Aziz, who we got on loan, and a boy called Josh O'Mara, who we also got on loan. And all three of those were shining lights in Charlton's front line. And, and Brandon was just that little bit younger. Um, but he had the pace. He had more pace than the other two. And uh, and he probably was a little bit smaller. He developed a little bit later. Um, but I'm glad to say now um, we've, we've finally managed to get one of our long-term targets. And, wow, he's turning into a... A real signing because they say two goals in in the cup games um, made a huge impact on Saturday when he came on. You know, I thought he was a, a real spark and a real a real ignition to the uh, to, to the forward player. Uh, like I say I don't like singling players out, but you know the, the new signings I think have, have really slotted in well into the Wickham way. Josh, you know, Volksy, so the Kaikas goes the other night for for his his country as well, you know. So the, the, these players um, that we wanted to bring in um, and and just add to us, you know, they, they really have. And, uh, and I'm, I'm really proud of, uh, of the way we're playing at the moment and, and the way they've settled in. But also it's testament to the other boys, the way that players settle in here. You can be you. You can give what you give because I signed you to bring what, what you've been doing, you know, and, that, and that's it. There's no, You don't have to do too much extra. We'll put that into you. It's, uh, it's a real... A real great place to be, and I think Brandon's uh, epitomising that at the moment. Uh, and you can see how much we've developed now in the fact that, that a game on Tuesday and the fact that the, the game on Saturday is going ahead, that we, we really do have a squad now. It's not a case of just having a team and a couple of extra players. You've actually got a squad to choose from. Yeah, the depth, Bob, is, is something I've always been after and, and, and I've understood always. All through the time of... Um, you know the trust at the start, and then uh, the various chairmen have had, and 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 how tough it's been for people to just you know give me the, the the resources to get this deep squad in. It's been tough, it really has. You know we went through the squads at the start of the season, and and we've had players that really they, they weren't they weren't really league players, but they were on the bench, and some of them got in the team, and 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 fair play to them, they gave it the best shot, but. They end up falling out the leagues and making a great career in non-league, but we're a league team. We're, you know, we're, we want to be in that top two divisions of, of English football, and, and to do that, I need players that are, are league players. Who are, and, and I safely say on Saturday, you know, you look at the bench, and even Tuesday, you look at the bench that we we have, and, and you know, I think it was Akin Fenwar, Hanley, and Kai Kai, and, and 
you know, I mean, Wheeler, Gapey wasn't even around, Jack Grimmer, you know, all these people, Alice Mamete, these are these are names that on a bench, you think, wow, two, three years ago, these were starters every single week. These were, these were your players that we were relying on. Now we've got 18, 17, 18 outfield players that we can all all go, right, I can't weaken this side. I don't know what is my best 11. And I love that. I really do, you know. It's, it's going to be game by game. I, I don't think top teams should know their best 11. That's my my philosophy. I think there's always that rotation that for different games, for various reasons, and that's brilliant to have. I've got a top 18, and, uh, and I'm happy with that. And so to Saturday and our old friend Steve Evans coming back to Adams Park. Quite a, a controversial character, but I do remember that, that I think it was six years ago now, him bringing his Leeds United squad down to, to Adams Park for a, a friendly during an international break. Yeah, I mean, Steve, whatever whatever people think about Steve, he's, he's always been good to me. You know, he's always been he's always been great. We've always had pleasantries, and, and uh, like I say, he, he helped us out. Andrew Howard, my chairman, was a huge Leeds fan, and uh, sort of him bringing Leeds down that time was was great for me as well. So, um, but he um, he uh, he's a he's a colourful character, you know. Uh, he's 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 one of the people in football who you know about, you talk about him, you know. So he doesn't just uh, blend into the background, does he? He's he's up there, he's out front, he's. He reminds me of somebody else, actually. <laughs> He's got his ways, um, and, uh, and I say this game is. That's why we watch this game. That's why people come to. If everyone was the same, it'd be boring. We'd have no fans, but everyone's different. Everyone's got their own little quirks and 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 traits about them. And uh, like I say, it'd be again welcoming into Adams Park as I have them many times, and and thank him again for bringing his Leeds down team that day. You know, club obviously made a few quid on the finances, but also we got a game that we needed. And I mean, it's not going to be an easy game. We shouldn't be um, fooled by the, by their oh. league position because Steve Evans' teams always give you a, a decent match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at the Shrewsbury game. You know, we, It's one of the toughest games we've had so far this season. So, league position, believe me, uh, it doesn't mean a great deal. Being in League One means a great deal. And... And if you're in League One, you're competitive and you can beat anyone. Doncaster proved that last week against MK Dons. And, and, and you know, look at your, your Ipswiches who, who were the hot favourites at the start of the season and they've, they've struggled against some of the, the lower teams as well. So I'm, I am not in any way looking at any team thinking they're the best because at the top and they're the worst because at the bottom. Absolutely not. It is, it is League One and you have to be competitive in every single game. And if you're not, I'll tell you what, you, you'll get your, your fingers burned because teams will come and turn you over because they're all good professionals, good level players, just like we talked about before. Um, they're all league players. They're all at this level. The beauty of Wickham, I think, is at the moment we seem to have this deep squad that, wow, you know, it's it's really good to be able to rotate and put players in and, and keep players out. And uh, and I'm just privileged at the moment. And, you know, I keep thanking the owners, but I've never had this before. So again, thank you for, for letting me get what I needed in, and I'm hoping to repay that with um, with a successful season. And again, hopefully the the fans will repay it by all being there. And again, just to underline it, don't leave early. Don't leave early. Get down to Adams Park. Uh, there's no other games on League One's your top league in the in the, uh, in the English leagues this weekend. So please get down, support the chair boys. They need you. I need you, and we love you being there. We love being there too, of course. Uh, and I know everything that's just been said, but Gillingham aren't doing very well. Are they not? No. I must admit, I have not really taken too have much you, notice of them as an not? upcoming opponent, and the, I should have the, done. The Jills, uh, or Gills, even. Uh, I'm not quite sure which one it is. No, I think Jills. Jills, Jills. Um, so they haven't won since... Um, ooh, they beat Morecambe on the 21st of August. Oh, we can beat Morecambe. Indeed, <laughs> we can. Uh, in, in more entertaining ways than Gillingham probably can. And since then, oh, they, so they beat Colchester in the EFL Trophy, Papa John's. There was no pizza, by the way, for the fans, which I thought was a bit mean. There was pizza for the media, oh. but not for the fans. Oh. And given that there were only 1,000 of us there, I thought that they could have given some pizza. You could have had a double XL, you know. Definitely. Some, you know, something or other. Um, at the same time, when it was Johnson's paint trophy, it wasn't as if they were giving out paint <laughs> as you were going in. Um, and then they haven't won this month either. Uh, so they lost 2-0 uh, at home to Wigan uh, and 2-0 to Ipswich uh, on Tuesday night in the Papa John's. And I think something really nice, if you're a fan and perhaps you've not been for a while and you think, oh, they've come back from 2-0 down to win 4-3, I'll go to this. Yes, you should. that's what you should think. Gillingham also currently 18th in League One. Uh, two wins, uh, five draws, uh, four losses. 
Is that right? Yes, okay. So they're, uh, they're almost draw specialists. Uh, and they have our old friend Steve Evans in charge. <laughs> nice Steve Evans who brought Leeds United down once for a friendly. Uh, um, so, you know, all, always entertaining. Uh, so if you, if you want the maximum entertainment on Saturday, then make sure you sit in what I still call the old main stand. Absolutely. Even though I know it's called something else. Good recommendation. Yeah. And also, I think I was speaking to a, a football reporter friend of mine uh, recently. He was saying how tight League One is. Oh, come on, look, you have to name drop now. <laughs> Anyone that we know? No, not really. Uh, Nigel Bidmead, his name is. Well, I think I've heard of him. He used to watch uh, Wickham as a youngster. Oh, did he? With his dad. So we often chat about Wickham. But he was saying he's seen a lot of, obviously, Championship football, Premier League football and League One football comparatively recently as well. And he said that more so than the Championship, the League One is uh, so close in that, you know, teams lower down and can beat teams much higher up and, and vice versa as well. Yeah. I mean, I think that's slightly sad about the Championship is now almost maybe becoming a little bit like the Premier League. Mm. Uh, but it's nice that we're now in the, the, the most entertaining league again, uh, where, yeah, anyone can beat anyone on their day. But also hard to call as well, which obviously is, I guess, in a well, way the, you, you wouldn't want it predictable. Would you? Uh, and you said it earlier on. Who, who saw Portsmouth beating Sunderland four 0 No, definitely exactly. not. That you know that was a bit of a, a surprise. Um, or again, in, indeed, us coming back from two 0 down against Morecambe because obviously Morecambe, you know, were, are not doing badly, uh, and are, and are a bit like us maybe a couple of seasons ago in the in League One, uh, and you would have thought that they would have seen that out at two 0 and as well, I don't think we don't seem to have quite such fixture congestion coming up no, as well. I think no. November's a bit And quiet, I think maybe it? that's another reason why mm. we've played um, the, the Gillingham game, uh, rather than saying, oh yeah, we'll, we'll go for the international call-ups. Because obviously we've got the re- rearranged Ipswich game coming yes, up. Yes, that's November, isn't um, it? We've got the FA Cup obviously coming up. Uh, and clearly, you know, you might get a replay in that. So I think, I think we're doing the right thing. Uh, I, you wonder what would have happened if, say, had we lost to Morecambe, would we still be playing on Saturday? I'm not so sure. Um, but I think, you know, good, good that the momentum will keep going. There's only four games are on Saturday. And obviously, if we win, um, and I might be wrong in saying if results go our way, because uh, I haven't actually looked to see who the other fixtures <laughs> are, uh, we will be top of the table. Uh, yeah. It sounds good, though, doesn't it? It does. Even so, if so not wholly accurate asterisk. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, so you can all start chanting that on the terrace if we're, if we're winning. <laughs> we're, we can wonder as we're top of the league. Yeah, even if only briefly. Yes. Because I think it's nice as well, because I think we, comparatively recently we had a bit of a run of away games as well, didn't we? So. We did, yeah. yeah. So it's nice to have a, a, a run at Adams Park. Yes. Can I tell you a bit of a bit of a sort of sneak exclusive as to uh, which ex-player we'll be chatting to next week? Who are we speaking to next week? Colin? Steve Thompson. Ooh, that would be quite exciting. Uh, so yeah, another another from the Martin and Elia. We're very much looking forward to chatting to him. Uh, played in all the big games. Uh, yes, all of them. Yes, literally. England, and West Germany, nineteen sixty six. No, okay, <laughs> maybe not quite that big. <laughs> no, you said all the big games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For Wickham. Oh yes, yes, yeah, of yeah. course. He didn't play in all the big games. Yes. Not all the big games. In history. <laughs> Don't think anyone's done that. Um, no, OK. <laughs> I, can't, I can't come back with a No, no, it, it, it was mildly entertaining, but yes, um, yeah, yes. Well, well done to you. I think it's probably about time that we finished, really. Yeah, no, thank um, you very much for, for listening. Uh, do if join you, us if, uh, Also, if you haven't learned anything uh, at all from, <laughs> from the last um, 60 minutes or so, uh, the, the one big message from this week is don't leave early and make sure that you keep your accordions, your bagpipes, your recorders, your triangles at home. Remember, musical instruments are now banned from Adams Park. <laughs>